Welcome, friends, to the Celluloid Pudding Podcast. How are you doing tonight? Today, I am this afternoon, this morning, this twilight, this dawn. <laughs> Anytime on the clock. It's uh it's catching up with me, Sam. I I have just overall general body food from work. You you work hard and you save lives, and I for one appreciate <laughs> that. I don't know about that, but yeah. no, it's it's just uh it's been very demanding lately and I I'm it's caught up with me. Yeah. Caught up with me. You need to recharge. Everyone needs to recharge and, and love themselves. You know, it's very important. (laughs) And, and speaking of love, Beth, you've seen our analytics lately, right? Yes. And we realized that we have people all over the place. Shall I just read it down or, or no? We, we have international appeal people. Go we, for it. Sam. We do. Sure. I'm just going to do it very quickly. First, U.S., of course, United Kingdom, Netherlands, Russia, Canada, Germany, Malta, Sweden, Portugal, Egypt, Ireland, United Arab Emirates, Australia, and Ukraine. And uh, anybody out there listening, wherever you are, we see you, we hear you, we feel you, feel you in the vibes of the cosmic sphere. And we hope you're doing well out there. Yeah. And and we're glad you're tuning on into us. Uh, we we notice you, and uh, well, what a great, wonderful international audience we have. So thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's very thrilling. Very excited that somebody in Malta listens to us. I think that's neat. Yeah. So, so um, and I, Pol- I wish I could say Poland hello. Uh, I don't think Poland's kind of busy right now, um, but <laughs> <laughs> they're they're not here yet. But uh, but all the others that I just mentioned are, yeah. and we couldn't be more pleased, right? To to have shout out to Ukraine and Australia. Shout out to our our one percent uh, listenership out in the, the scattered little countries. And we're yes, I don't mean little. Australia is certainly not little. So it's it's, it's got its own continent. I hear. We're, <laughs> <laughs> we are thrilled, thrilled. <clears throat> Yeah, to have listeners from all over the globe. Earth and ha- having been an expat myself in Turkey, in Ireland, and in Germany, I know uh, sometimes it can get it could be weird being away from your country. So whether you're a native of your homeland or you're an expat, I hope we can bring you a little sunshine, a little yes. humor, a little little something to listen to wherever you are and whatever your situation is. I hope you're doing well. And yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I wanted to add, guys. There's three parts to Caligula. Yeah, and we don't <laughs> we don't understand why the hate for episode two. We don't yeah. understand. Well, I wonder if there's it's some not that sort it's of hate. I just lack it, of. Do love. you think there's a glitch? Like after one plays, it hops on over to three. 
I think I think because we give more background into, and that's really I was I was like, don't we jump into the film discussion and we just do just the bare minimum, which is the uh, menagerie, just the very very beginning of the film, and then we, it stops there before it jumps into two. So the meat of the film discussion is in episode three. So I but, get, but it. we just literally begin. It's mid conversation, so so you're missing the front half of something or other if you don't go back to two. Not that you have to. It's just as a completionist, I'm baffled, folks. Why? I, I do a really good Sir John Gilgood impression. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. It is fantastic. No. We're going to include it in our. No, opening. they're going to have to listen to episode two if they want. Oh, to. oh, yes. All right. Yeah. Look for the Thank John you. Gilgood impersonation because it's. Yes spot on, spot <laughs> on. Really, i'm very proud of it if i do say so myself so. so uh without further ado wherever you are in the world where wherever you are in the country wherever you are wherever you are welcome to celluloid pudding this is sort of a an in cap or recap to i will say it april falk fest falk, uh, yabla fest yabla fest where we uh, just wanted to make some corrections, right, Beth? Yeah, uh, we just kind of wanted to do some clarifications, cap off some some stuff. And uh, we did a lot of work on Caligula. This is yeah. why we're upset that people are skipping over episode two. But we'll get over it. We'll get over it. It's uh, a lot to ask of people, though. To to It's a long session, but I think it's worthwhile. I think I think every everyone has to find and browse and and be comfortable. Well, there. yeah. And one of, one of the feedback, we do listen to feedback. This is a new podcast and we are Absolutely. a true cottage podcast. It's yep. just, you know, what you see or what you hear is what you get. It's just me and Sam. We have no crew. Yeah. Yeah. No crew. We're, and if you can't tell. Yeah. First, if, if you can't tell by our sound <laughs> quality what in episode you. one. Yeah. What you see is what you get. Yeah. And um, we don't, we're not monetizing or anything. You know, that, that doesn't mean that down the future, maybe we could. I don't know. But Sam and I feel the same way about it, which is we want to get to a point where we feel really confident about what we're putting out there in terms of content. Right, Sam? Yeah. We, we take it very seriously. And uh, it's 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 like um, I, I can say we both have a, a background as educators. Right. Yes. It's like when a, uh, your professor steps, if, if, if you remember or you're currently going through this, your professor steps into a classroom, that professor better have done her homework and tapped into her base of knowledge or not show face. And we right. feel the very same way about these podcasts that we do our homework. We want to deliver to you and not just uh, not just scrape by, not do it just off the cuff. Right. And we I'm a firm believer in don't get the cart before the horse. So we're building our content and the technical quality and creativity. And uh, and we can talk about, if you guys want <laughs> like putting coffee cup, we can talk about that later. Um, but it, it's really all about building our content and, yeah. and entertaining you yeah. and informing so, you. And to add to that, if you have any suggestions by building all our community, we, yes. And it is a community. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, I follow Valley of the Dolls and and a couple of others, and I just I feel like he's talking to me. I, yeah. I feel like I'm part of that community for those podcasts that I I do listen to, and hopefully we'll get there too, because we yeah. all already consider you our community. Yes, we do. And uh, we, I don't want unreciprocated love, Beth. <laughs> I want. <laughs> that was 
It's pretty shows, much the story of my life till I was like it, 22 it, it, years old. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyhow, we, we feel you and we, we, we hope that you feel us. Yes. But that just doesn't sound right, but you know what? Okay. I mean. Well, uh, I had some things I want to recap. Okay. And then some things have happened this week. Oh, by the way, happy 420, everybody that celebrates. Yes. Um, at the altar. Of, light one uh, up. Sit back. Cannabis sativa. And enjoy. We, yeah. We, we certainly are on board with that. Well, yeah. I mean, it would well, make I my life easier. It would make my life easier. You know, I'd probably get less woken up less in the middle of the night for nonsense so <laughs> i uh, i i enjoy the substance a great deal i'm not functional on it so that, that i have to really have a an off day you know be off have right. no requirements but yeah in our respective places where we live it's still an issue so we we'll just leave it at happy 420 i think yeah happy 420 um the laws are not in agreement across the board i do think there's there needs to be something yeah. federal done uh so that all states are have some sort of agreement and uh although i may not be uh you know in dabble in in it or because yeah. of my profession because of professional reasons i can't en enjoy it yeah. um i've, I've no i was never really a big you know oh i had a question i wanted to ask you sam regarding what? 420 tell me so who was the first person you smoked a, a joint with I was the first person you smoked with? It was an ex-stepsister. My mother was married what? for about two months when I was, and she got annulled and everything. But um, she had a daughter named, let's call her Pam. And uh, we were both 14. And we knew that a boy in the neighborhood had pot. And we got a, a joint from him. And we went to the secret park. And we didn't know to inhale or anything like that. But and and just threw like most of it away. But my very first was with my temporary stepsister, Pam, in quotations. How about you? Interesting. Because oh, my, my, my first smoking experience was with my older brother, not the oldest brother, because yeah. he was very my oldest brother's very straight laced. And yeah, but uh, yeah, my, the middle, the middle child. That's very let, cool. Yeah. We were walking to go see a movie and he lit one up. <laughs> were you like, <laughs> well, because you could walk. Because you could walk to the movie theater where we lived. And is that a marijuana think, cigarette? Were you? Uh, I didn't like, freak out. Yeah. I, you know, it's that age. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I thought, oh, that's really cool. He like trusts me to offer me some. Yeah. Because even though he was the bad boy in the neighborhood. Yeah. That's like, uh, he was also the cool kid, yeah. you know, the cool bad boy in the neighborhood. I still run across <laughs> women that knew him from high school and still ask about him. It's hilarious. It's That's, hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to think the next, the how's next, David there? How's he doing? How's, how are you so doing there? Funny. Yeah. My, my second time was I had to be 16 and my mother, I went to a girl's school and she put me in as a boarder because a, a boarding student. So I slept, you know, on the premises and um, there was a great fire escape where you could get up to the roof and look out onto the intercoastal across mm. Flagler. Oh, I know where you're from the top about. of the building. <laughs> yeah. And that was a, that was a great spot to 
pray, and uh, it was Catholic contemplation, school. Deep contemplation, deep contemplation. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The last time I smoked was in college. Last yeah. time I smoked, and that, I told you the story. But my roommate just took some leftover seeds and threw it in a flower pot <laughs> and grew it in the corner of the sunroom of the house because we were there was like three of us, three or four of us that rented this one house, and uh, the thing grew. <laughs> It went from nothing to like the size of a Christmas, a good size Christmas tree <laughs> within a very short span of time. It seemed like it was just like he turned around and went, what the hell is that? <laughs> and she cured it. She cured it in the, uh, her father's side and freaked out. Yeah. He's like, you need to get rid of that. Um, <laughs> so Did she I say, I thought it was a maple tree. I didn't know. know. <laughs> she knew exactly what it was. Um, so I came home from class one day and she's she's curing it right kilning kilning the killing the bud in the oven low yeah. heat yeah. <laughs> drying it all out <laughs> and she had probably three or four little baggies by the time she you know not not a lot but yeah oh my god so stoned i came home from work and um there was one of our roommates there and he was making a huge pot of turkey chili <laughs> and i'm not a big fan of ground turkey period but yeah i can't remember it was just so perfect it, it was, was good stuff on on that i can't yeah that doesn't good appeal it was. yeah <laughs> and laughing and thinking it's 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 never going to stop is it it's like that sensation like when remember remember when you're a kid and somebody would tickle you're like an uncle or something would grab your foot and he'd tickle it and you were like yeah. giggling and giggling and you're like yeah. oh my god when's he going to stop it's, you know it's too intense yeah right I, I i could die and then you hear the 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 story of, oh this person died from being tickled to death <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not a, a thing, Beth. I know it's not, but it's like that that thing they tell little kids, right? Oh, yeah. they, they were tickled to death. <laughs> Tickle monsters going to get there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I remember just sitting at that kitchen table with uh, with our roommate, and he and I were just so, so stoned and just staring <laughs> at each other and laughing so hard and, and thinking. <laughs> I think at one point I did ask, can we die? from it like just laughing yeah. too much um. <laughs> i you know what that's like i want I, i'll have to look that up as you know forensic no, curiosities we don't want the the point is that knowledge though that you could die from, these from laughing seeds. too much yeah from these little seeds it was, it was just wonderful i'm 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 useless i'm pretty much yeah. useless on on um yeah i don't understand functional people like on the devil can lettuce. really really yeah. be functional and i'm not yeah i can't i never have been i've never been yeah. able to you know yeah. um but the cool thing about that the the little homegrown yeah. you know little bush <laughs> in, our, in our in our house <laughs> was that there was none of that paranoia which was awesome like because yeah. i think up until that point like all of my experiences except the time that a couple of friends of ours made brownies yeah. And we, we all went out. Uh, that was good. That was good. Do that I know good, the brownie situation? You weren't there. Okay. But uh, some very, you know who I'm talking about. Yes. Two I good do. friends of ours. We won't name any names a, a, for this. A tray of yeah. brownies. And they were enjoyed by all. And then we all went <laughs> <laughs> And um, that was a pleasant, pleasant <laughs> feeling. But uh, that, that was the, I mean, I, other than like just laughing like a dribbling idiot. Um, I think that's, that's good the therapy. Time. It was, it was. And then we, <laughs> we attacked the huge, like, you know, 10 gallon, I don't know, it wasn't 10 gallons, but it was a huge pot of chili. 
I think we ate like ate a third of it and both passed out. I wonder why it stimulates the appetite like that. I've never looked into it. I don't know. You know. I think my roommate wanted to go. I hey, want to go out and shoot pool. And I'm like, no, I want to go pass out. It was now, scary. Please. It's all I know, but there was no paranoia that time, which was great. It was great. Just it was just uncontrollable laughter and hunger and then sleep. That's a that sounds beautiful to me. The best stuff <laughs> I ever had. <laughs> That's it. Never have I ever. The best stuff I ever had was in Colorado, fully legal. Went yeah. into a shop there and got something. I think it was called Banana Kush, and it was just delightful, mm. giggly, delightful. Everything yeah. was. I was just happy. There's no paranoia or sleepiness, so it was a very upward thing. Kudos, Colorado. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely for uh, legislation at, at a federal level. Yeah. So that all these laws will agree. But I'm a big proponent of um, if I can't grow a certain amount. And and here's the thing. Yeah. I wouldn't be consuming it, but I, I don't want somebody to tell me that I can't grow some yeah. for my own personal use. I hate being told that. Yeah, that nannyism is just because I, because bullshit. I'm the I'm the type of person I'm a home brewer mm-hmm. and I love that. Right now I'm trying to cultivate some hops. Beth is a I, natural horticulturalist and, and chemist. Not. Really? I'm not. I I just love I love doing the that those kind of things. And yeah. to you know, if you tell me, oh, you can buy the if they ever do, you know, get some laws to the level of, uh, well, not Colorado, because you can grow some. Oh, the laws governing um, grow, home growing in Colorado are ridiculous, too. Yeah, I was surprised like when six we plants. looked that up. Yeah. And only three can be flowering at the time. That's crazy. Like, why can't it just be like home brewing? Home brewing down here in Florida, you can brew up to 200 gallons per household for personal use. That's it. So it's, I think it should just be very similar. But I, I resent being told that I couldn't, I can't grow some for myself. I don't know what the reasoning in, in Colorado behind that that rule is or that law. Yeah. Maybe to control and tax it. I don't know. Mm. Maybe. Money. I don't. So anyway, happy 420, everybody. We support you. We do. Yeah. I do. And we want our laws to make. <laughs> Yeah, Sam does especially, but I, I just want laws to make sense, you know. Yeah, that's, and Snoop, that's if I'm you thinking. hear us, we we'd love to be on your your show. <laughs> maybe maybe they'd make an exception for you Beth, at work. If, he he makes me so happy. He makes me very see. happy. He's very happy. We follow that's you, Snoop. Funny. Yeah, we think you're awesome, Snoop. Yeah. All right. So uh, should we do corrections, uh, corrections clar- and, and clarifications? But, but, all right. You go first. Now I've forgotten the name of the name I got wrong. So let me just look that up. Oh, Danilo Donati. Danilo. What was I calling it? Um, Donatello. Don- Don- I think you Donatello Versace. Don- I don't know. <laughs> so Danilo Donati was the set director and artistic director for the movie Caligula that we yes. covered. And for some reason, I couldn't. It was it was like some sort of pathological tick that I had to call him Don Tali, even though I'd read Don, this over. Yeah, Don Tali. I kept yeah. saying Don Tali, Don Tali, Don Tali. And I think I also called Malcolm McDowell John Malkovich. And those are very <laughs> different people. But I don't I don't know why. You did call him. I said Don something Tali. like only John Malkovich or John Malkovich has such a distinctive accent, which isn't wrong. But no. <laughs> it was he does have a distinctive voice, but he's it was nothing about what we were talking about, which was John Malcolm. Uh, see, now it's in my head. Malcolm McDowell. There you go. There you go. You didn't you didn't 
screw up at all, I think. No, I, well, I, I don't know if I screwed up. I probably did screw up. I did want to uh, do some clarifications, just add some information. Okay. Remember you'd asked me about, you wondered who the, you know, I was reading the BBFs, the, the, that uh, excerpt from the BBFC about the mm-hmm. distribution in and the editing that had to take place in the UK. And yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. But H.S. Broads. Yeah, because you, <laughs> forced cunnilingus. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> You'd asked me who the distributor was. And I said, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it was probably Penthouse International that was the distributor because uh, I think I pretty I I think Guccione would have probably handled the distribution himself. And I forget too because I had read it and I didn't mention it. After his first marriage ended in divorce and he he left to go study art over in yeah. Europe. Yeah. He wound up eventually in in the UK and he married a woman from there and. I think also when he launched Penthouse, I think he launched over in the UK. Yeah. So, and, and that was another reason why he could compete with Playboy. I don't know. I have to go back and read it, but uh, I thought he launched in the UK and the US at the same time. Okay. But so he had it sort of like a unique situation being over there, I think, to where he had an, an audience that maybe Playboy hadn't been able to tap into yet. Or had not I, I've never thought about the overseas impact of, of Playboy and mm. and distribution of the magazine. So that that would be interesting to find out. I have an admission of shame. Okay. Regarding <laughs> let's let's all get stuff off our chest tonight, guys. My admission of shame was we were talking about Gore Vidal, and you were you were uh you're on a, a really good streak there talking about Gore Vidal, and you mentioned something about Aaron Burr and uh, through family ties, uh, him being a relative. And I totally blanked out and I was saying, yeah, yeah, Aaron Burr. And it wasn't until I, was, <laughs> I had no idea what you're talking about. So then I had to look it up and then I knew, but, but, uh, I, I have to stop, not do that. Say, yeah, yeah. If I have no fucking clue what you're talking you about. Did, you did, <laughs> I think you did say, that. I think you did cop to it in the, well, in the middle of the recording. I think I said, I say that like, I know what you're talking about, but you know, one of the reasons why we're doing this episode too, is, is, is that we're also getting feedback from listeners that are saying, we just like it when you banter, banter is good. I like it when you banter. I like it when you correct yourself. Those are the things that I enjoy the most. So we're not always going to do episodes where we're not covering the movie or covering a movie, but you know, we did a lot of, if we were students in your class, your podcast class, I think we would get extra credit for the stupendous job that we did on Caligula. (laughs) And, you know, and here we are doing more extra credit. And I I think that, and we turned in our assignment in early. So we, we actually gave you two episodes. Without plagiarism even. Yes. And uh, that was the other thing too. I was, we were getting feedback about, Hey, can you kind of, you know, limit the length because it's more easy to consume as a listener. So we're trying to kind of keep episodes under the two hour mark because there's at a consumable, digestible yeah. length. And we yeah. don't really know what that is. Cause you know what? Some of these podcasts I can just listen to on and on right. and on when I'm driving. I'm, I'm just having right. an out of body other, you know, experience. I just press pause. Uh, you know, that's, that's how yeah. I do mine, but 
I hate it when we I can't make find it, it again, it. though. So that's why yeah, following is friendly. important because then you can find the damn thing again if you find something interesting that you like. There were a couple of other things I wanted to add. Um, mm-hmm. I had mentioned um, Annika. Oh, my gosh. Help me. Annika DiLorenzo? Is that De yeah, Annika DiLorenzo. Mm-hmm. You know, that lovely love scene, uh, girl, yeah. girl, love scene, woman, woman, love scene. Yes. Caligula. Woman's. Woman, woman, love scene in Caligula. Yeah. Annika uh, DiLorenzo and Lori Wagner was the other actor, performer. I didn't get into Lori Wagner's career at all. She's, she's, uh, according to what I've read, still, you know, doing well out in Las Vegas and is an avid environmentalist and activist. Awesome. She, um, she actually had a, a career after this. Her real name is Lori Wagner. She's one of the few adult stars that does perform under her real name. She, so she never changed her name. And uh, I wanted to mention, too, um, in 1980, when the film came came out, I don't know if I had mentioned this or not, but uh, Penthouse had actually, because they, I got to give Guccione credit. I think he was really pleased with that scene. So he did a pictorial oh. and put it in the 19, uh, 1980 uh, penthouse issue. There was a penthouse issue. Oh, I didn't know that. That must be a collector. A pictorial of, of the two women in the love scene. And uh, and I think at the in the anniversary in 1991, they didn't like a sort of a commemorative publishing, republished the pictorial yeah. like 10 years later. Oh, wow. And they also uh, did a separate pictorial spread of Lori Wagner in addition to that. In, in addition to republishing the pictorial, the original pictorial from 1980, they did a, a, another pictorial spread with Lori Wagner in it. So she was also in um, film UHF in 1989. Kind of rings a bell. UHF. UHF. It was Wasn't that a weird channel for? Yeah, it, I, it was. What was that it, in TV land? Uh, UHF uh, ultra channel. High fre- ultra high frequency. What showed on that? <laughs> Nothing but snow all the time. You what? could. Uh, it's, it has to do with wavelength, and I, 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 stem strong right now to get into it, but it it's it has to do with. I just remembered that suddenly from a little black and white TV I had as a kid. Yeah. She also. Was in 1994's Franken Penis with John Bobbitt. I don't know if you know the John and Lorraine Bobbitt story. Oh yeah, if you were younger, maybe you yeah. may not have heard if about Hell Hoth No Fury and right. all that. And following the news in 1994 or the early 90s, you would know about the Lorraine Bobbitt story. Was it sewn back? I don't know. They did apparently. Okay. Apparently they did. Okay. They did some reconstructive surgery on it too. So he was in it. With his reconstructed penis. Oh, hence and, Franken, okay. and hence Franken penis. Okay. Which I can't think of a better title, honestly. It that that would explain a lot of things if you have to see reconstructive. Yes, yes, that's a good title. I'm sorry. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> horrid things. <laughs> and, and I'm not gonna. I'm sure there's a true crime podcast out there that has covered the. Uh, jo- Is it John Wayne Bobbitt? John and Lorraine Bobbitt. Yeah. Uh, the story. Yes. About, about the penis being. And the, I want to say, I think I have listened to, I don't know who did it though, 
where they kind of dispel a lot of the, there's a lot of, you know, when something like that happens and becomes newsworthy, yeah, there's a lot of inaccuracies that kind of happen, you know, 10, 20 years out from it. So I think, I think I have listened to, I can't remember the podcast where they actually covered it and they, they were very, oh. they kind of clarified all the myths that well, I thought she bit it off, by the way. I'm looking it up as you're No, talking. she cut it. She cut it. Okay. She cut it. That's one hell of a bris. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, that's how the sausage gets. I finished. had no idea you were going to bring up <laughs> the Bobbit incident. Well, <laughs> she was in the film. Lori Wagner oh. was in the film. Oh, wow. She also wrote a song, Everything Changed That Morning. That was uh, to commemorate the 9-11 attacks. Oh, Everything that's, changed that's nice. I, I did not I'm listen write to that it. down. Everything changed that morning. Okay. Yeah, but I now I want to go listen to it. So it's Everything Changed That Morning. She wrote this song. I don't know anything about it. I don't know if it's good. I don't know if somebody cut a single or recorded it, but I'm going to check it out. Okay, Lori. So she's she's having a life, and I think that's great. That's good, because that's awesome. I think there was a downer kind of vibe at some point when right. we were talking about what what became of the what would we call An- them the, the B, B column actors in in right. Caligula A column actors of course they went on and yes and did yes. their their thing but was there that, stigma attached that to, seems to be the demarcation now yeah did you do something graphic yeah or not yeah and will you be so, punished yeah will society punish you for doing a graphic sex scene yeah. oh and then we couldn't figure out what the thing was on the wall Remember, oh, we did, did you come up with a name? We d- we came up with every. I would say explanation it's an, oc- oculus. an oculus. Oculus. That would yes. have been very cool if we could have just said. That. If we could have just remembered the word oculus. <laughs> that architectural feature is actually from you know uh, became very um, originated during that era, right? Historically, did did it not? The oculus from. Um, there's one the form it takes you mean of the sort of yes anthropomorphized uh, celestial well i don't um, know about the face but the hole in the wall the hole in the ceiling i think there have been oculi since since there have been time immemorial (laughs) so (laughs) that would be oculi for the plural yes (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's Uh, octopuses instead of you want to say no it's uh, isn't it octopi i think hold on i'm looking I, I want to say octopi, plural of octopus. Octop, you know what? You're right. Thank octopi. God we taught. Yeah, that's thank goodness. What does Pete de Terre mean? That's <laughs> a um, a little apartment, a little street. Uh, pied, pied, foot, pied, pied, foot, foot, the terre of an, the earth. A little little piece of footland. <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> footland is what it is. Feet of the earth. Feet of the earth. So it's your little step-up apartment that everyone should have, I think. That's so everyone cute. needs a pied de terre of one. Oh, in our next film. Well, we'll oh. talk about the next film. Oh, yes. Yeah. Everybody going to get a, I'm want, gonna want a pied de terre there. Yes. All right. Uh, moving along. Clipping. Yes. I think, oh, funny thing I read in I Am, I Am BD. They had, I have a bunch of little trivia bits. Yeah. In, um, about Caligula. And one of the things is the inaccuracy of the circumcised penises in the orgy scene or in any oh, of Oh, I didn't notice. But they would was... not have that many circumcised penises running but around Rome. But it's hard when they're um, ancient Rome, fully extended, to be, you to know. Be correct. It, but if they're just flaccid, I guess you can tell. I didn't. Thank you for that piece. 
<laughs> Thank you for that trivia. <laughs> to get to get you thinking of. No, it would be really circumcised penis. Important not to be uh, circumcised if you're a Roman. 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 Romans. All right. So, do we want to um, say anything like about our upcoming month or? Uh, Do we want to wrap May? up the month and then get into the uncomfortable discussions? <laughs> oh, I thought we were wrapping up the whole thing. We might be um, able to. Um, well, I think well, we I'll tell you what. Let's talk about what's coming. OK, we are going to be doing the film Concussion. Yes. From 2013. Is it 2013? Yes. yes. 2013 starring Robin Wiegert. Not the 2018 one. For whatever Rose Trokey film. Yeah. Some interesting background there. We love it. We love this film. Uh, we just I watched think it again. Did we yep. not? I, I just watched it. I, I just purchased it because I knew I would. Yeah. I kept renting it. And, you know, I think it's only $7.99 or something like that. And it's it's just anybody who has ever been in a long-term relationship, it transcends all sorts, um, no matter where you come from. If you've been in a long-term relationship and you hit a plateau, you will understand this film. I think what's fascinating for me, and we'll save you know, all of this discussion for after the film, but um, after we've seen the film. Yeah. And um, I, you know what? We should probably mention the platforms it's on right now. I think you can get it, uh, purchase it from Google Play. I think you can also definitely get it Amazon. YouTube, YouTube, Amazon. Amazon is uh, with Prime, I think. Hold on. Let me check that. I thought it was free with Prime. Maybe it was something else I was looking up. Let me. Maybe I did have to. You know what? It was a rental because then I I picked the purchase option, which was just a couple of bucks more. Yeah, I I purchased it. I think from YouTube movies. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. But it downloaded to Google, but I mean to my Google folder. But yeah, I think I got I got it from. And, and I I think I mischaracterized it when I said anybody who has in a long term relationship knows of a plateau. Well. The Plateau is just the beginning. It's a delightful film and a thought-provoking film and one that you'll want to see more than once, I think. She is, uh, she's great in it. Actually, everybody's great in it. You know, Who I is she, fit? I, I said she, and I actually really <laughs> didn't mean Robin Wiegert. Oh. It was bothering me. <laughs> My brain should not multitask. Yeah. So somehow when you're, and it's not that I don't listen to you, Sam, especially when we're podcasting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, it was bothering me that I never uh, mentioned uh, Mary Beard's credentials. The the famous Mary Beard, yeah, that did the documentaries. Let me let me mention that right now because <laughs> there's got to be a good reason why I wasn't listening to. She is yeah. Dame Winifred Mary Beard, DBE, FSA, FBA, FRSL, is an English scholar of ancient Rome. She's a professor of classics at the University of Cambridge, a fellow of Newman College. Royal Academy of Arts, professor of ancient literature. So, Very cool. Yeah. I still need to see those on YouTube. I have it on my little list of things. Beth gives me many things. She says, Sam, you need to watch this movie. Sam, watch this documentary that nobody on earth has ever heard of except me, but it's brilliant. And I have just uh, an endless list. So. Guys, if, you're, if your jam is ancient Rome, she's excellent. So go check her out. Yeah. But back, back to what we're doing. We are doing the film Concussion 2013. And I am sorry, Sam, I was not listening to you. Oh, you were talking about relationships and marriage. Yeah. You know what I, this last time watching it, it's a really great, if you have a good relationship with yourself, mm -hmm. a close relationship with yourself, and if you have a good relationship with yourself, you'll know exactly what I mean when I say, do, if you have a good relationship with yourself, know yourself. 
it's a really excellent film. It really helps you connect with yourself, I think. And it, yes, I, I think after a bit, I, you know what? I don't want to blow my, I don't want to say that word. <laughs> I want to say that different word. My load, stack. My, my stash of, of thoughts right. on that film yet. And my own horn. No. My, I don't want to blow my own horn. I don't really. Do we want to um, just move clip on quickly before we get into some deep stuff and, and tell them about May or, or just hold back on that? I think we're going to hold back on May at, okay. for the end at the end of uh, the discussion on concussion. Um, look for concussion on, I, I think uh, you said Prime. Uh, Prime. I believe it's YouTube movies. And yeah. there's a few other. If you just go to. If you Google the film in the year, it will come up and it'll say yeah. ways to watch. So I, and, I don't and just know. Just be careful because there's one about that. a football player and that's a completely different story. Yeah. So concussion 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kind of a downer, that movie. Whereas concussion? The other, the no, other one? The, the one about fo- the head injuries. Oh, yeah. No. Whereas this one is not. All right. Very so thought provoking. Do we want to get into. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? Tell me. <laughs> What do we want to get into? Censorship, ethics, bioethics. I mean, the world is our oyster. Uh, uh, all right. I ran, we ran across a couple of things this week. Yeah. And uh, with everything that's going on, things that I have not gone back to, like uh, the, uh, the don't say gay bill in Florida is now law. <laughs> yeah. We're under a special session right now because our governor uh, wants to pick a fight with cartoon care i i have no idea it, just, the, it makes you, no sense anymore yeah. down here it really just doesn't just a small group of people with all the power it's just right insanity so i ran across a an article i don't know if um do you want me to go over my article and then you go over your article and then we'll just sure. discuss it sure and, it, and it's not that um hmm how do we feel about censorship sam i i unless it harms unless there's actual physical harm to somebody you know that i'm i do not believe in censorship for right. the arts for freedom of expression for freedom freedom of speech i'm even if it uh you know that old saying i may not agree with you but i'll um fight sure. for your right to yeah. to say it um yeah so even if i don't agree with saying. something i yes uh I feel very strongly about freedom of expression. And lately, a you know, it's gone from the, the schools to the public libraries, the banning of books. Uh, and that's egregious and very frightening to me and dystopian. Lately, um, what you're seeing in the news mostly is um, the the fight, the battle in, in our public education system. Mm-hmm. I ran across this article. It's fascinating because it has nothing to do with our public education system. It has to do with public library system in a place called Llano, Texas. The story showed up in, uh, I think it's WAPO. And it's written by Annie Gallon with, uh, let's see, contributions by Magda Jean Louie, also contributed to the report. And it just goes on to, let me see if I can just try and get through this in early november an email drop you can actually go on here you can look at censorship battles new frontier your public library so that's that's what you would google 
you can also you can you get around want... WAPO uh, by other, others have maybe that's not above board. I don't know, but I I hit a paywall with WAPO Washington right. Post, but you can find it. I think you get one free look. So when you get when you get that free look, if you've got a printer close by, do it. If you it, it, you can also listen to the article. Yeah, there's the, there there it gives you the option to where you can just hit listen, and I, I actually hit listen, and I don't know why, and I don't know how I managed to do it. But I saved the link and I was able to print off the whole article, which was nice. It says in early November, an email dropped into the inbox of Judge Ron, Ron Cunningham, the silver hair haired head chair of the governing body of Lano, Texas, in Texas's picture, picturesque hill country. The subject line read pornographic filth at the Lionel Public Libraries. Hmm. It ha- uh, So here's the letter. It came to my attention a few weeks ago that pornographic filth Discovered in a library, wrote Bonnie Wallace, a 54-year-old local church volunteer. I'm not advocating for any book to be censored, but to be relocated. That's all in caps. Yeah. It, to the adult section. It is the only way I can think of to prohibit censorship of books I do agree with, mainly the Bible. If more radicals come to town and want to use that fact that we censored these books against us, which I... I uh, you, know. you know what that caught uh, can we just stop there for a second before yeah. you read on <laughs> yeah because so, i i after so, that i just only have the, like a couple other things to the, talk the, about. oh well the, the only reason she says not to just burn them i think is because she's <laughs> afraid that the bible they'll there'll be some sort of retaliation and the bible right will, will be game fair game the, the, the only bible book she reads be. apparently yeah i get apparently. that's what i'm getting from that so here's my favorite part of the whole article yeah Wallace had attached an Excel spreadsheet of about 60 books she found objectionable, including those about transgender teens, sex education, and race, including such notable works as Between the World and Me by author and journalist Tanahisi Coates, an exploration of the country's history written as a letter to his adolescent son. Not long after the chief, the county's chief librarian sent the list to Suzette Baker, head of one of the library's three branches. Now, what cracked me up about this, uh, which there's nothing funny there, except for the fact 60 books, a list of 60 books on an Excel sheet. And I just cracked up. I'm like this, this church I'm making air quotes (laughs) volunteer had a lot of time on her hands. You used Excel to basically list 60 books. You don't know what Excel's for, do you lady? You just (laughs) thought it would look cool. If you had an yeah. Excel spreadsheet, you with don't 60 know the books, formula. You don't even the understand what the purpose of Excel. But you thought if I put it on on Excel spreadsheet that he'll take me seriously. Look at me with my Excel spreadsheet. And yet, and yet, they kind of did. Um, oh well, because there, you know, you can go and read on beyond this article, and it's like they're all in freaking cahoots. So. Uh, th- you know, it describes describes the area. Lano is just northwest of Austin. Uh, what's really sad is uh, a librarian now, a head librarian, has lost her job, is now unemployed because she would not capitulate to this craziness. They started what they what they're trying to do and what they've done successfully in Lano. As you read the article, you find out they know they can't go through the regular process of basically contesting whether or not the book should be pulled because the the uh, American Library Association has a process in place. 
And these library boards are not supposed to be politicized. They're not supposed to be political. And yet a very small group of people in Lano have decided that that's what they're going to do. And that the library should be serving them and not the the, the public. Many of whom don't even uh, hold library cards and probably right. don't, have never used a public library in their freaking lives. So these are people who use public libraries are all sorts, right? right. But I remember walking to the public library. This is way back in early Florida days. Remember Tanglewood Estates? Yes, I, I don't remember. know why they were called estates. They were t- Tanglewood cubby holes, and there was a, a little uh, a little library near that. And I went and I got my library card, and I love my mother, but you know, I I didn't have a lot of I don't know influences. I, I could I could go to that library and look through and pick out what I wanted and explore and read whatever that subject was, with with no nobody telling me. Oh, that's too old for you or too something for you or the wrong subject for you. Yeah. I So that I, discovery process, I think, is really important, particularly for young people. Right. That it's not an assignment. It's not uh, something that, that, you know, they're forced to read, but something that they've discovered at the public library. There's there's that tradition of discovery, which is, yes. would be a shame that's- to lose. I, f- I feel like that's what libraries are for. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the few places when I was of a certain age where my parents were like, yeah, you can go up to the library. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's just outrageous. So what they're doing is instead of going through the a formal process, is they're just working in cahoots. Yeah. They banned the other, public from their with, meetings, right? With, their yeah. Yeah. That, that came later. What they're doing is working in concert with like-minded individuals within the system. And what they're doing is they're pulling books. They're just pulling books and putting them in filing cabinets or putting them in different sections. They're they're basically hiding books. The article says the move circumvented the pulling of the books. The move circumvented the library's established practices on objectionable content, including a challenge form to be reviewed by librarians. Isolate. If you guys know of people that actually have degrees in library science, they're like some of the nicest, sweetest, smartest, quietest, coolest people you'd ever want to meet. Extremely knowledgeable, too. And I, I would I would even say, you know, Sam and I have actually got into heated discussions about censorship. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I I am. In Sam's corner, but Sam will put herself on, you know, self-immolation if she has to, to get her (laughs) point across how strongly she feels against censorship. Um, And and, and by the way, going back to that sentence uh, before, what what does that even mean? So I think what it is, is the ALA has a a process which they would consider best practices where librarians would... evaluate a complaint, right? And I'm sure that there's other resources that they could go to if they felt like these people are being unreasonable. Because if you see some of the titles that some of these people put on their list, you would just like flip your lid. Maurice Sendak comes to immediately. And come on. There was a children's book. I need a new butt. And Freddie the Farting Snowman. They wanted those books pulled. Those are children's books. I need a new book. I have not read Freddie the Farting Snowman, but um, is it the title that's objectionable or is it the um, 
Oh, the the Sendak for the Sendak. It was nudity, but it's it's because the little cartoon nudity. Come on, yeah, cartoon nudity. But if in their rules, this the this advisory board or whatever, so they don't want it. No, no nudity, no nudity whatsoever. Whether it's animated or or drawing cartoon drawings or no nudity whatsoever, they will pull it. So I guess good old where even education would not be uh, permitted either. Yeah, so. Isolating or removing books because of subjective or personal uh, opinions, finding the content offensive or distasteful, for example, could open up the library to a First Amendment challenge, experts say. Yeah. Meanwhile, Baker, the head librarian at the library branch in the unincorporated community of Kingsland, about 23 miles from Lano, continued to push back. An Army veteran whose grandfather fought in World War II and who has a son in Afghanistan said she is a firm believer in the Bill of Rights. And this is the woman that wound up losing her job, by the way, oh. for, for basically, yeah. uh, they'll say administrative or insubordination. She's yeah. standing up for your freedom yeah. of thought. Yeah. And, and I do wish more people used their public. It's so easy. I know. And I'm, I'm guilty of this, too. It's so easy to just download your Kindle. Or to find an ebook or order something in, in some way and not use your public library system. I want to make a, I don't know, a pitch for that, that go get your library card, make sure people know, know that you care and, and use that resource. So just to give you an idea of like the process that happened, these asshats were able to bend the ears of the county commissioners. They got yeah. the county commissioners to dissolve the current library board, the library board that existed as it was. Then they created a new board. Uh, And then they wanted to close the meetings of the new board. So they didn't want to have public meetings. They had one person that could have served who actually had credentials, a retired physician, Richard Day, who was a Democrat, was denied a seat on the library board despite having a master's degree in library science and experience managing rare books collection at the University of Texas's medical branch in Galveston. But they didn't want him to have a seat. So they disband the, they disband the board. They create a new board filled with all women, conservative white women. And then, uh, then they noticed at their first public meeting that people were taking notes. And then they immediately are like, well, we need to close these meetings. And they did. It's just unbelievable to me. And, um, and then um, people that push back have lost their jobs and uh, and and everyone's having to kind of capitulate. You might Lana, ask yourself who cares about little old Lana, Texas, but Texas is doing some massive reworking of, of, of human rights and, and access to to anything from from health care for women to to what materials you're going to be reading. And I, I would say that that is a. A very big problem. Sorry yeah, to call you out, Texas, but the the American Library Association said these types of complaints and these kind of actions have just um, it's like yes, yeah, spreading like a fever across the country, especially mm-hmm. in places like Montana, Louisiana, Texas. They're really challenging the communities. Yeah. Um, the the I just have to wonder: Does somebody like decades. scout for something that everyone can be enraged? Let's send our scout out and find something to be enraged about, like right. a, a a very beloved book by Maurice Sendak. Or let, or, yeah, or, you know, 
or young adult books that that they didn't read, so must be shocking to them, or they they haven't read these books. I'm I'm certain. Or or let's just find something uh, something an established practice that we can fuck with. It's yeah. worked just fine. Yeah, nothing's wrong with it. But let's just find something we can fuck with. Well, they so, don't like anything that, that 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 is a socialist institution, and it's a beautiful one that works very well for us, the library system. So, do they want to take that away? And oh well, there that comes up in the article. USPS. Uh, yeah. What what else would they like to just step well, on? With one their- person I think had written. I think it was written the county commissioner about, you know, do, do we actually need libraries? Why do we need to fund libraries? Like oh maybe we should just disband our public library yeah. and use the funds for something else. But I will, I will leave you with uh, where I, and it sounds like we're on our soap. I'm on my soapbox about this. And, yeah. and, um, it's a pretty big I deal. Feel, I don't think I it's a soapbox. <laughs> I just feel like this is apolitical to me. This is something that it, it's, it's established. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and well, a lot of things we thought were established in Texas right. is sort of stepping on and uh, Florida yeah. and other places. Yeah. Let's just say things we thought were established. So do, do we have to be vigilant at all times? Mm-hmm. Complacency for for a basic human right uh, gets stepped on if we're not, you know, wielding a sword at all times in the defense of, of freedom of speech. It's, it's scary to me. I just wanted to add, oh God, I can't find her name here. Uh, Baker yeah. is the last name, the librarian, Kingsland branch. Yeah. The last thing she's quoted is saying in the article, you're taking away people's freedom to read books. And that's not right. Baker said yeah. your intellectual freedom, your mind is yeah. one of the only things you ever truly own. You can't go against that. So Freedom of thought is what we're talking about. Freedom of thought. And those who are not of age and and maybe they don't have a reading family or maybe they're forbidden from reading certain things or even finding out basic things. Your library is your is your oasis. Right. Right. Of knowledge and learning. (sighs) On that happy note. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck all y'all. No. Fuck all y'all, you sons of bitches. Yeah. No, no uh, just, I, I mean, uh, my whole thing is stop being assholes. Just yeah. stop it. I mean, just because you can yell and scream louder than anybody yeah. else yeah, and be obnoxious better than anybody else yeah. does not mean that there are more of you. Yeah. Make your own library. Yes. Have Foster the, your own. Put it next own to the creation museum and you know, uh, start with a copy of the Turner, Turner Diaries because whatever other asshat you think is a, a wonderful author and start your own goddamn library. Leave yeah. the public spaces alone. Yes. Absolutely. Sorry. No, no. I think this this goes for every art form, uh, freedom of expression. You know, our thing is movies, right? I think we've mm-hmm. established that now. But also the writing that informs movies. What can be made? What, right. what you know, what who will produce what? Or has somebody been, you know, accused of, of being... God forbid, uh, not with the bar of decency and therefore not going to be produced or, or cast in a particular film or, or venture. Boy, was that vague. I just think something, some of these actions are, are even beyond a, a appropriate political discourse. I really do. This is, this is personal religiosity being shoved down our throat 
as American citizens that have nothing to do with, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's and, but you've made it and you're, you're, you're appropriating half of the electorate to do your bidding through manipulation, lies, and whatever other bullshit you're going to pump through their ears. The irony is that could, as was it Wall who said her, the one book she was, uh, she actually was concerned about was the Bible. Um, I would say kids who come from an irreligious or atheist background might have a curiosity too. Uh, yeah. If I want to play devil's advocate here and say, all right, I'm going to see what this Bible is all about or what this uh, Torah is all about or or, or whatever yeah. uh, tradition and and might only find those books in the public library. If I do, if I there were to go. take the other side of things. And, yeah. and I think all, you know, even minded people have to do that. Uh, right. Whatever the subject matter should be available. All right. Well, my rant is over with about it, but we feel very strongly about um, we do. Censorship, about yeah. censorship, which is why we're very open to all genres of film as well. Yeah. And and one of the big reasons why we took on Caligula, it was a controversial film when it came out and yeah. we're not having it. Yeah, we? no. And we're not heathens. We're not. But, you know, well, chill I, I out. Kind of am. <laughs> I can't. <answer. laughs> no. I can't. Answer. But I'm just like, you know, we're yeah. we were going to do uh, the greatest story ever told. And you talked me out of it. <laughs> I did? No, I wanted to do Ben Hoor because I love Charlton Heston's grimace and the way he turns when his sister and got leprosy, like the fist biting. Um, just the homoeroticism. It's just so beautiful. The whole film. It is, it's just yeah. But maybe we'll do maybe we'll do that next Easter season. It's or so, we'll find I, I looked some. it up, it's three hours and thirty-six minutes or something like that. So it's a long, long maybe we should, epic. All right. We but it's so good. I watch it every year. I do. I love it that much. I love quote Vadis much more. If you're talking about sword and sandal epic uh, right. film. So. All right. So uh, did you want to talk about the other? Uh, you know, there was something else I wanted to talk about, but I think I'm not ready. I'm not prepared to talk about okay. it because it's in a f- discipline that I don't personally know a lot about. And that would be the area of theology. Once I dove into that article, it's all a bunch of theologists and oh, not the same animal to me as as yeah theologies. You know, the yeah. other ologies. Theology is getting well. That's you, valid. I, th- I think. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. So uh, just just so uh, the the two the two people that authored the article are Alexander Alter and Elizabeth. I. I had researched because I, I always research who's writing an article and for what, you know, <laughs> yeah. what's their background? Yeah. Oh, do they have an axe to grind? That's something I just do that. I think that's important. D- does this journalist have an a history, an axe yeah. to grind? Yeah. Hence the jokes with New York Times Pitchbot and Glenn Greenwald and Maureen O'Dowd and yeah. why I love that uh, account on Twitter so much. If you if you're <laughs> if you want to follow a clever account. An account for me that yeah. is even much more clever than the Onion is yeah. New York Times pitch, pitch bot. It, it's actually you can find That's it. Just at, turn me on to this, and it under, is fascinating. Under <laughs> is at Doug J Balloon, who I don't think is at a real person. Doug J Doug, Balloon, D O U G. Go look at it. J 
B-A-L-L-O-O-N. You you have to be able to understand irony and sarcasm in, in order to appreciate this. But I, I think our listeners. Yeah, you do have be- to have a sense of, of the New York Times. <laughs> you, yes, there's that too. Um, and have a healthy disgust and disdain for the New York Times. Yes. Um, it's a free country. <laughs> we have freedom of speech. Yeah. We can criticize, we can criticize news coverage without saying that's fake news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a healthy, mature mind goes. I, that wasn't really the best, best article. You know, I, I, I yeah. expressed my sadness over um, Eric Bullert's passing. And it was just yes. because he was so astute at evaluating. On a happier note, protect your public libraries, people. They're good yes, places. Cherish them. Good, good spaces. And they're, they're there for us. So what are you watching, Sam? Oh, my God. I'm just so stuck in the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting really bad, but I started um, a great book called The Vikings. So if if that fits into uh, what are you watching? And let me get the author in this. This is was published in something like I have two dates on it: nineteen forty eight and nineteen fifty four. And it is oh, it's called The Long Ships by Damn it. Oh, it, that's a yeah well known book. Yeah. yeah, by Franz G. Bing Binkt. Song, B-E-N-G-T-S-S-O-N. And it, it's sort of first person, near, or I don't know, omniscient, um, dealing with a kind of hypochondriacal Viking. <laughs> but it, it's just a delightful, you know, rip roaring seafaring adventure type of thing. And I haven't read one of those in, in many an age. So it's, it's just kind of, it fits in nicely with my viewing of the Vikings, of Vikings rather. And, uh, so, you know, escapism fair for me. How about you? <laughs> I'm taking screenshots as we're talking. I took some too. Wait, let me. Uh, uh, it was. <laughs> we figured out how to do that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> Wait, let me take my gloves. Okay. I can hear it doing. <laughs> Bloom. Makes it nice. <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> can you hear that or only me? I don't know. So anyhow, I, I love the long ships and I love Vikings. And I think the next thing I was going to start was on your recommendation. Was it called Big Love with Bill Paxton? I highly recommend Big Love to yeah. anybody who wants to watch yeah. it. Yeah. And and, and, and yeah. The, the series uh, Six Feet Under also came up not uh, on Facebook. A friend of ours mentioned it. So uh, yeah. actually, uh, Sia, the song, Sia, mm-hmm. Breathe Me. Yeah, I'd like to revisit that. I back in 2000, I want to say two, I was watching it and I never, I know that there's a big special ending and that's all I know. I never watched it's, the last bit of it. It's an excellent series. I I would say it's probably one of the best series in the past 20 years, best yeah. television series in the past 20 years. I would put it even, well, I don't know. Cause I haven't seen uh, breaking bad. Awesome. I did not want to see it. Let me just say that. And I know you're against the subject and so was I, but it is just a fantastic series. Just mm. worth it. Just give it, mm. give it two episodes. And then if you hate it, you hate it, but I promise you won't. Well, that's what we encourage people to do. So we'll, yes. see. we'll see. Yes. And you, um, what are you watching my dear? I am. Well, killing Eve wrapped up and all I can say is <laughs> fuck you assholes. Fuck you. Uh, that was awful. That was really awful. All and that I'll investment. What, I'll tell you why it was awful. Yeah. Because it completely went against every arc that had been building for the past four years. Yeah. They broke the rules, the writer's rules. The story. They did. They did break the rules, I think. Because, 
And then they did something obnoxious on social media, which was really uncalled for, which was they knew people were upset. So they, <laughs> they tweeted them. out a picture of them. They mocked their the fans that were upset. Oh, and it was just why would you do that? That's yeah. just classless. It's classless. And uh, it, it a lot. They got beat up for uh, the Barry Arcade's trope. Yeah. And I will say that for me was the, just that was part of it. But just the fact that so much really good work went into this series from the production end, they were they were doing amazing things yeah. from the, the DP side of it. It's like it was like motion pitch, picture quality production, right. wasn't it? Each episode and the, the writing had been pretty good yeah. um a lot of, there's a lot of fans that thought well no the real killing eve was you know was season one or maybe season two and yeah um but i enjoyed every single season i i kind of even enjoyed this season <laughs> um until they just kind of i felt it toward the middle like i'm yeah like i was like they're not really going anywhere with this and is it would you call it jump the shark or i've not seen it yet folks. you know uh, just, or, if there if there was worse, a, if there was a jump the shark moment, it would have been in the final ep episode of season three okay. where they did something with the characters. And I don't want to spoil it for you because you had enjoyed seasons one and two. You hadn't finished yeah. three. Yeah. They pulled something off that would have been a jump the shark moment, I think. Yeah. But because Sandra O oh and Jodie Comer are so good, they're yeah. just and then you find out <laughs> that apparently all the great scenes yeah. that fans have enjoyed for the past four years. A lot of that was improvised between the actors, you know, Kim yeah. Bodnia and, and um, Fiona Shaw, Kim Bodnia plays Constantine yeah. or a uh, Kim Bodnia scenes with, with uh, Jodie Comer. A yeah. lot of the stuff that people, you know, iconic scenes that people that were fans of the show, they're like, Oh man, I loved it when this happened. Yeah. They're like, oh, well, that was improvised. I'm like, okay, yeah. so then what did you, a lot of fans were like, what did, What the hell did you write then, you know? Maybe that was their <laughs> issue. Like, <laughs> the actors have so fully occupied their characters that we're going to, we, they've achieved self-awareness. <laughs> they're so good that we're going to destroy them now. Yeah. No, the uh, toasting against the, the fans was. Tacky, yeah, that was. Tacky, just, tacky, tacky. tacky. What I, I really had a problem with, uh, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but one of the one of the reasons why I was so disappointed with how it ended is that it it really affected another character's story arc yeah. as far as who the character was. Yeah. And I thought this character would never do this because it's just not authentic to the character we've seen yeah. for the past four That's seasons. That's a crime against literature and, this, and this stories. character doesn't give a fuck, you know, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this character is very self-aware and has a great sense of their own command of the environment and universe around them. I don't think that they would do this. So yeah. I, I just uh, I had a real problem with it beyond beyond the barrier gaze trope, which really, really is it's tired. It's old. Yeah. Bury the BYG. That's how I feel about that. Okay. Um, and be consistent with your writing. <laughs> so yeah. Just, I Well, I'm horrible. curious about how I'll feel because I know that it was universally like there was great unity in, in how all walks <laughs> of life, all fans hated it. Right. Yeah. So apparently uh, 
Discord fans hated it and uh, critics hated it. So universally I'm, despised ending. Uh, way so to since, go. Since I know it's loathed <laughs> by all, I wonder if I'll feel less or I'll feel more charitable toward it since since it can't be worse than what I've imagined. Because right. I've, I've, no, I'm... Yeah. Uh, I've finished the series, at least finished through season th- season three. Yeah. Because I do think even though it kind of diverted a little bit, maybe some fans and these were maybe fans of the, by the way, there is a, a book series out there. Luke Jennings, Codename Villanelle. Yeah. I'd kind of like to read There's, those. Yeah, I do too. I, yeah. I definitely want to read them now. Um, but, and apparently a, a much better ending. And it certainly sounds like a much more consistent ending. You you said they weren't true to the ending, right? Of the writer. No, they were not true Writers. to the ending. They were okay. not true to the ending in, in the novels. Well, so. that's just not okay. Yeah. I don't know why well, change something that's you know, meant to be. I don't know. Oh, God. Veronica had a good observation about, it was kind of an opinion about uh, the writers. I don't know, just... It sounds like there there was a little bit of snark intended with the way that it ended, and and uh, Veronica said that that's a thing. <laughs> I was like, that's really? Th- okay, that's well, a thing. I I, I now yeah. if it leaves you dissatisfied, it's not a good thing. Yeah. So that whether it's a thing or not, in the right that that attitude is a real thing that exists in writers. Well, I'm curious. I'm gonna all right then I'm going to try and catch up and see what, so we can parse it out. And at least that was her observation and opinion. So, so I, she I felt just, it was a valid arc in that, in this. No, she didn't. She just said that she said, you know, if they're, um, she was, she didn't, ha- she was not an avid fan, but she did. She didn't know about the, uh, the baiting. She goes, Oh, they were queer baiting for three. Wait, she goes, wait a minute. They were queer baiting for three seasons, four seasons. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. I said, look at all the promo pictures. Look at the yeah, promo pictures. Yeah, the promo pictures weren't true to the, uh, even I, yeah. That's... You know, you could accuse them of, de- you know, your whole production, you know, PR uh, campaign is is queer baiting. And, and then um, and then you t- completely go against the way it ends in the novels. And so yeah. uh, it just makes me question, like, what, what was your motive for basically destroying something that there was, was probably beautiful. some sort of internal fight and the fans suffer the most from that. I think, I think it's a, a case of some writers feeling like they're just so clever that let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> well, not cool, folks. But I am gonna, I am gonna watch it in spite of the universal and loathing. Just so clever that I'm going to completely rewrite the ending and yeah. rewrite everything about every every arc, character arc of the past four years. That's what I'm going to do. Because well, I'm just so clever. That's my yeah, opinion. More clever than the original person. No, right. you're not. No. no, you're not more clever than Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Or Luke Jennings, for that matter. Did you write a novel series that somebody said, hey, we should make a, a television yeah. series? And until no, you achieve that level, then shut up. Really? Uh, or go, your sour grapes can go, go, away. go rotten to raisins. Go. There. That's how we feel about that. And I haven't right. even seen the ending yet. What is it, BBC4 or <laughs> something? On principle, outrage. You do not get to be on the main BBC. <laughs> We're going to stick you back on, was it three, four, six, seven? I don't know. UHF. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Rialto Report. Uh, you know, I'm a fan of podcasts. I've yeah. I've tried to get back into some true crime uh, podcasts that I've been listening, used to listen to religiously, and I just, I can't. 
Yeah. Can't do it. But I, uh, I did listen to Rialto Report put up an episode on Harry Reams and thoroughly enjoyed it, even make comment about it. And then I got DM'd in response to that uh, by Ashley West. And I was just Very like, cool. yeah. Remind so us, awesome. remind, remind our, our, our friends out there about Rialto Report. Uh, Rialto Report, um, Ashley West and April Hall have cataloged, archived many, 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 many interviews of the golden age of um, adult, of the adult film industry. Yeah. And uh, they're archivists, they're historians, they're wonderful. It is an incredible podcast. And I, I can't recommend it highly enough. Um, I had also mentioned back when we did Boogie Nights, Holly Randall's podcast, Unfiltered, Holly R- Randall Unfiltered. Yeah. She's had, I haven't had a chance to like catch up to with some of her episodes, but she's had some great guests because on, on our Insta, you know, we follow them. And so yeah. we, we see little snippets of the interviews and she's had some um, great interviews. So I need to catch up on that. And, uh, and then... There is a series that's going to start April 24th called Gaslit. Gaslit, okay. Gaslit. Julie Rob, I think Julie Roberts is going to be in it. She's going to be playing the lead. Okay. I think. Is it Julie Roberts? Why do I always get Julie Roberts and Sandra Bullock mixed up? Because they're not the same person. They're not. Yeah. Beyond uh, being brunette, and I don't even think Julia Roberts is brunette anymore. I want to say Julia Roberts. So Gaslit. Is, is that what I think it is? Is that going to be a Marlena Dietrich thing? Or... No, it is not. Why would I say Marlena Starting Dietrich? Starting April 24th, and okay. it is Julie Roberts. Okay. So it's going to be starring Julie Roberts, Sean Penn. Oh, good. Uh, Gave him a gig. I'm glad. It's based on a podcast that the Slate did called yeah. uh, Slow Burn. So okay. I checked it out today, and I, I binged through like five episodes. It, it's, uh, it's about... Watergate, the Watergate era, uh, some of the principles on, from the burglar end yeah. Yeah. of it, and uh, Martha Mitchell, who was married to, I think it's John Mitchell, John N. Mitchell, who used to be the attorney general under Nixon. Okay. She has an interesting story, and I, I vaguely remember seeing when I was, and I was very, very little, and I, I don't know if you remember this being around adults and the TVs being on. Oh yeah. Uh, during the Watergate hearings, you didn't yep. know anything about what was going on, right? Totally clueless. Other than my grandmother wasn't watching her soap operas. Yeah. They had their eyes glued to the TVs. So. Yeah. Uh, but they do a really great job in the podcast of kind of taking you back to um, what it was like adulting back then and how uh, America was kind of absorbing the, uh, the story as it unfolded. Yeah. Now, now here I've, I've been looking this up as you've been speaking and it says a modern take on Watergate. What does that mean? Um, through the lens of presentism or, or, or what? I, I, I know what they mean by that. I don't know what they mean by that because slow burns uh, podcast on it has been fantastic. Okay. And just covering it from every, I'm, a, I'm adding slow burn to my, yeah. my list. Every, here. every conceivable angle. Yeah. Really covering it from, um, and it, it it's weird because we were so little when that was going on that it's 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 ringing like core memory bells. Yeah, I'm slate like, oh, podcast. I remember this, and okay. I remember this, and um, so yeah, Martha Mitchell's a fascinating character, and I actually remember the name 
And I remember, remember the seventies talk shows that were so yeah. Po- popular. Yeah. 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 And he has great. Do you mean interviews. like sort of Phil Donahue level or radio? Yeah, or, or, no, no, probably. Um, oh, just the daytime. You know, I'm thinking Murph Griffin, maybe Mike. Oh Lopez. yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But she used to do uh, talk shows and things. It just she was a a wild card and uh, a re- a Republican. Yeah. And married to a member of Nixon's cabinet, and uh, she was from Arkansas, and a gossip. And fascinating. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. this happened, she was one of the first people on the Republican side that called for, I think she, in the podcast, they said something about he, she called for Nixon's resignation like two years before he even resigned. Oh. And she was sort of pigeonholed at, in some of her allegations were like, uh, you know, she alleges that she was held uh, against her will in a hotel room, oh. that she was sedated at one point. She found out what was going on in this right after the break-in and how her husband was involved with this. Wow. And, uh, and, and history has kind of painted her as a crazy lady, but now we're finding out that everything she said was true. <laughs> Two years Isn't after the scary, fashion, that is scary. Historically, we were historically women who told the truth were hysterical, crazy people. Okay. Just, but it's a uh, perfect Roberts name is, gaslit. Then that tells yeah, you Julie Roberts is playing the lead. It okay. should be excellent. So I'm looking forward to that. So okay, what am I watching? I haven't watched it, but I'm listening to the podcast now and I'm looking forward to the series. I, I've just added that podcast to my my list. I've, I'm now following them and I will look forward to listening to them as well. I, I, I've been kind of browsing through them and I, I was curious about the Bill Mayer uh, personal, what does he call it? Like uh, Club Nowhere or something. Hold on, let me find it. Um, I was curious about what kind of podcast he would put out. And he's just high. I guess this would be appropriate for 420. He's just, he's lit the whole time. Just just as high. It's called Club Random with Bill Maher. And he gets people like William Shatner and Quentin Tarantino and um, then weird, you know, crazy uh, Pierce Morgan, like people who are all over the map politically, but they sit there and get high. So I think he stole the idea from Snoop and his show, but he's just talking about rolling joints and, and being high the whole time. And he's, he's, he's occasionally amusing and occasionally spot on and often very wrong. So I don't know what I think of, of Bill Maher, of, of Bill Maher's, his uh, podcast, I guess it's a new platform for him. And he, he has a sponsor and he doesn't quite know how to um, pitch the sponsor. So he's like, I guess get this life insurance if you want because they're making me say that and just yeah i don't know how that you know does. i i sent a link to your favorite guy al franken yeah al franken had my one of my favorite people on i follow him too yes uh al franken had amy on and they were talking about antitrust but they were actually towards the end of of the episode they yeah. were actually pretty freaking funny they were oh, pretty funny is that on his personal podcast yeah that's the on al his oh good al, i follow the al franken him. podcast all right podcast. then i'm, I'm they, definitely the, the gonna look at them, that kind of um you know they they were colleagues in the senate but and they're both minnesotans and and yeah. they as towards like the last quarter of the the podcast the episode they they kind of like are, are just having fun and it's it's a great great episode to listen to so i wanted to mention this to you yeah okay uh mentioning uh gaslit there's something called the Martha Mitchell effect, and it refers to the process by which a psychiatrist, psychologist, mental health clinician, or other medical professional labels a patient's accurate perception of real events as okay. delusional, resulting in a misdiagnosis. 
Oh my God. So there's an actual clinical term for the it. Martha Mitchell effect. Ma- Martha Mitchell. There's a, a wiki about it and everything. Uh, it if, if it's right in up. wiki, then <laughs> it's got to be true. No, it, it just kind of, it came right up. I Googled it and there's that, yeah. um, there's more than just, just that in there. But okay. uh, wiki comes up. So that's easily. like an analysis within an analysis within an analysis, the Mitch- Martha Mitchell effect. Martha Mitchell effect. Yeah. And then there's a, apparently a, a, uh, there's a short too. Okay. On, on Gaslit? On, okay. On, on the Martha Mitchell effect. Anyway, okay. anyway, it's going to be on stars. I don't have stars, but I probably will get stars just so I can watch this. So when is the release? On, do you know? It's 20, April 24th is the first episode. Oh, 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 okay. I'm, I'm in too. I'm in too. It'll be a series. Do I want to mention this? I don't know. Another podcast that I was sort of, I'm sort of on again, off again, because sometimes they're spot on. And sometimes they're embarrassingly awful, but it's Brett Weinstein and the Dark Horse podcast. And I guess they consider themselves, what is it called? Not the dark internet, but the intellectual dark internet. Or I, I can't, <laughs> but, but to call yourself that is is obtuse enough. But anyhow, they had a great recent episode called Retroactive Cancellation and Rites of Passage. And they're sort of defrocked academics who consider themselves progressive liberals but thinking for progressive liberals who rally <laughs> against the masses and feel versus the non-thinking ones versus, versus those non-thinking right. progressive. <laughs> but anyhow, they, I thought it was interesting because they talked about how Margaret Mead, you know, she studied the Samoans in, in the 1920s and came away with a lot of great data and insights and wrote the first book in layman's terms that wasn't just filled with anthro jargon right. and, in terms of art and that sort of thing. And was resented by a lot of anthropologists because of her success with with popular anthropology. And I guess, you know, future anthropologists, particularly somebody, um, an anthropologist from New Zealand, went back to Samoa to sort of check on her notes and said, oh, you got this wrong, this wrong. And an informant is still living and says, you got this wrong. So that episode, though, is, is very interesting because it talks about throwing the baby out with the bathwater type thing. Oh, okay. Um, when you're talking about research, when you're talking about writing about uh culture or or people, um you you might get some things wrong, but don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Margaret Mead was the first person they they claim to say that you should not tell a child what to think, but how to think. And uh and of course that's a a very powerful statement. That, that we're still trying to wrap our minds around. Uh, Don't tell a child what to think, but how, but how to, to think. think. Yeah. yeah. That, that's all I've been watching and listening to. Vikings and... and <laughs> Vikings and uh, listening to them. And, and disgruntled progressives who have been thrown out of their university. Caligula! Um, when you're gone. What macro? Macro. Macro will kill me when you're gone, Tiberius. To hear the authentic impersonation, please do see. check out yes. Epi 2 Caligula, <laughs> the podcast. Listen to part two, guys. Come on. We no, we don't understand. We yeah, don't yeah. understand. Like, how can you? That's like picking up a novel that has 23 chapters, <laughs> reading the first 14 in the last three or something. Just, I, <laughs> I don't understand. That's kind of how I you know, fudge my way through lit courses, but all right, <laughs> I'll read the time a little bit. Yes. <laughs> the ending. Yeah. All right. I'm ready for lecture. Here we go. Oh God. Oh, God. All right. All so right. 
children of the earth, earth's children. We love you. You know that wherever you are, if you're in Iceland, if you're in Ukraine, Ukraine, please rock on. Shout out to you, Malta, you sexy beast. Yeah. And Austria. Come on. Uh, I I hear you people do good things. Ireland, uh, Ireland is listening. Ireland um, for all for, for our Irish listener. We think we have one. We uh, we used to live in uh, County Wicklow and in a town called Ashford. And I have very, very fond memories of Ireland I thought you're gonna, to visit I, all your countries. If we're welcome to visit. I thought you're going to do the father Ted, but the father, <laughs> the Lord, I can't do it. On, I just can't do it without a, a, a black bush in my yeah. mouth. All right. So. Guys, we love it's you. Our thing. We love you. We uh, have mm-hmm. concussion coming up next week. We're very excited It'll about be it. Awesome. You'll like this film. Really. You're really gonna love it. And uh so be good. Watch something different. Read something new. Be kind to one another. And uh we'll see you soon. All right. Night nights. Don't let the trilobites.